0: So usually how I like to to start these conversations is about an individual's journey. And I'm very excited to chat about yours because <laughs> you have uh, done quite a few things in the clothing space, which I'm sort of passionate about. I think it's, it's such a huge market that is uh, needed to be... Uh, Sustainableized. I don't know if that's a word, but I think that there needs to be a a different path. I think for for the industry as a whole, and I think you have you know done a a ton of different things around it, especially around sort of the education with the book. And I'd love to get into that. But let's just talk about your journey in sustainability and sort of ethical clothing and manufacturing, and try to get sort of your path of of how you even got into into all that, and then uh, the good tea and and. Just source my garment, just all the different things you have your hands in. Just tell us how you even got to that point.
1: Yeah, sure, thanks. Um, so I guess the, it started um, way back. Like I think this was two thousand and. I can't even remember um Mm -hmm. the five or six and i was in new york and i was working as a product manager there um nothing glamorous it was a sock company hosiery company um but we were packaging like in plastic every like every sock was packaged in a plastic bag and i just felt like you know the company didn't really care about its employees and i just felt like it was just i don't know my heart has always been in i think helping others as well as i've always had an entrepreneurial drive and i decided while I was out there and I, I always love to learn that's another thing so I went to FIT while I was out there and I started learning about like organic farming and like we were at that time we were just learning about like oh it's healthier to eat organic foods so it was I was like shocked to find out about the farmers and the state that they were they were in just dealing with all of those chemicals. It was the runoff that was going into the water stream, the animals were eating. We were using genetically modified seeds um, that aren't natural. And I just learned a lot about, I was like, wow, this is so crazy what it's doing to the planet. And I decided to like, I quit my job. I moved back to Canada. I decided to launch um, at the time, like the good tea was called pure blanks. And I had, I sold uh, blanks to, to wholesale businesses. And that's kind of how I got into the world of sustainability. And through there, like the company did really well actually. And I, was nominated by Apparel Magazine as one of the top 40 innovators. And I, you know, I really felt like I could even have more impact if I helped other businesses. And so when I just wanted to move away from inventory, (laughs) inventory is a little bit of a hell if you've ever been in the apparel industry. So I just decided like I wanted that freedom to travel and like help other businesses. So I started consulting. I started Source My Garment and I helped other brands with manufacturing overseas. And, you know, through my journey, I started learning more about the manufacturers and how they, how, how much effort and skill and like actual love goes into these products. There's not just like, you know, the magic doesn't just happen where the factory is. There's a whole process starting from the farm. There's a knitter, dyer, weaver. And I, you know, I'm so lucky that I, I've had such strong relationships where people trust me enough to, you know, take me to all these different places to see the whole process. And from there, I've just, my, my mission has always been, I think, to humanize the apparel industry.
0: I, I wanted to, to understand like what manufacturing is, is obviously a, a huge deal, right. And talking global and international and what is sustainable sort of what is, you know, ethical and, and all these different things. So, what does that mean for you, right? When, when you sort of define that when, when looking for a manufacturer and, or, or when you were looking for one, like, what did you look for? And then, like, how do you determine if it's the right partner or not, right? From a sort of ethical point of view, right? And it, it, there's so many different factors, I'd imagine. But like, I guess, what did you learn in, in, in the process of, of speaking with, with manufacturers and learning about the process and learning about all the intricacies that go into it?
1: So I think the bottom line is that people think that sourcing and manufacturing is so complex. It's mm-hmm. not complex. It's only there's an ocean between us and like the way mm-hmm. the state of the world is like, honestly, like everything is virtual now, you know, and it's not even about sourcing is not about like, Oh, factory sourcing is actually another word is relationships. Yeah. Like they are your partner. And if you can vibe with that, with the manufacturer and really get to know them like that is the, the bottom line of anything sustainable. Well, okay. Sustainable is like, I would say more ethical way of doing mm-hmm. it, like mm-hmm. a responsible way. And it just begins with that. And it's really like, as a startup, it's not, it's a bit trickier because it's not, we're at the mercy of the factory because we're not doing the volume. So you have to really, you know, be in sync with the factory and be honest and just say like, you know what, I'm committing to growing. Will you work with me, you know, and get to know them and like, take them out for dinner. It's like dating. Honestly, that's like, I talk about it. Like you just got to date the factory owner, like take them out for dinner, talk to them. What are their values? And then you start from there. And the only reason why like these bigger brands, they're not, I guess, they just don't understand their supply chain because they're so big like they have no idea they'll be like i want a shirt for you know four dollars and then they talk to an agent the agent outsources and then it's like a bidding war and then mm. you have no idea who it is and if you, the minute you don't know where something is that's a problem like you should be able to map out and it's not just the factory which people have to understand it's like you have to know if you're getting cotton, you should know where the farm is and that's mm-hmm. why- Fair trade cotton certified. You need to know like where the dyers, the knitter. It's not just where things are being put together. They're, it's so intricate, and that's why like I don't know how to explain this in like an easy way, but this is why people don't understand the costs of a fact of like a garment. Right. It's- it's because they don't understand the supply chain. Nobody understands the supply chain, not even these bigger manufacturers. And now they're, they try to cover their asses. Oh, sorry, my knowledge
0: is Do it. Okay.
1: They like to, you know, because they don't know. They're like, we don't care. Our profit is what their driver is. But for a social entrepreneur, it's not. And this is like the way going forward. I think, you know, we've learned from this whole pandemic. It's not just about money. It's about Profit, it's about the planet and it's about people. So if you can understand, like, those are the values of, a, a, of your, your company, then you should be able to, like, simply look at things that way. Not like, oh, you send an email and like, hey, where's my stuff? No, they're your partner. Like, you are married to them. <laughs> if you yeah. don't have a product, you don't have a business. And that's why, like, you have to be transparent. You have to tell their story because they're just as much involved in your success as much as you are you know what I mean like yeah yeah
0: yeah well I I guess the you're you're the only person I know that I think has written a textbook (laughs) (laughs) I mean it it is it's it's uh it's just a I mean incredible product that that you have sort of released so I I want to talk about what the book is because I think it's sort of like a bible for this world right in this work so just kind of go over what you know, what's in the book and, and like, who, who is it made for, right? Is it made for, you know, potential founders that want to get into doing their own sort of clothing line, right. And understanding the supply chain, or is it for executives, right. In these bigger brands to understand like where your product is made, understand more of the ecosystem yeah. for these bigger brands, or is it a little bit of, of both, right. And even obviously consumers, you know, can, can, can dive in and, and obviously take a ton out of, of it as well. Um, but what was that process like? And, and I guess what exactly was the mission of, of writing it, right? What did you want people to get out of it?
1: So as I was helping brands with, I guess, um, product development and manufacturing overseas, you know, there's a lot of fear in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. There's the reason why people are scared is because they don't understand. And so this book was meant to help my clients initially with like understanding the process. Like they need to right. understand doing a a, an approval for a sample you can't sit on it two weeks and then expect it to be there you know so it's understanding the whole product development cycle too or people clients will come to me and they'll be like oh you know I want to make this t-shirt but they don't have a tech pack they don't know their target costs like there's a whole process even before you start manufacturing that you need to understand and so I and I wanted to be able to help more people but it takes so much of my time so I just thought, you know, if I could write this book and no one ever wrote a book, I'm like, and I decided like, if I had this book when I started, this would be so much easier. So everything that I know, as much as I can help somebody, I've put into this book to understand the process of just starting with an idea to work through product development. Um, then you you know, counter sampling with the factory and then finding a, a factory overseas and working through a, a sustainability. So it's like the whole, like from start to finish, how how to do it.
0: I guess when, when people, you know, come to you and, and when you do sort of the work with brands, like do they, do they come very green, right? As far as like, they don't know anything, right? Or do they have specific questions that they want to know about if it's, you know, what's the difference between cotton and organic cotton, right? Like, I think there's these smaller things and there's you know small steps to do as a brand to like you know take simple steps to be a little bit more more conscious right a little bit more ethical and sustainable just out of the materials you use right i mean i think sometimes you know brands don't take small steps because they don't think it'll be sort of maybe good enough right and it's just like oh well this is the cheaper option you know i, I don't have the ability to be like a full cycle from my entire supply chain and my entire company to be like sustainable so I'll just use, you know, whatever, just regular cotton or whatever it may be. Um, So how do they, what are some of the big major questions that that companies and and brands or, or founders have for you?
1: Oh, that's such a good, you're so good at interviewing. So yeah, this, it's a really good question. So, and then the main question people come to me is like, how much is this going to cost? Mm. And like, I get that you need to understand a cost, but it's so difficult for me to give a cost when I don't know the fabric specifications and most people don't even know themselves. And they don't know, you know, like they haven't worked through creating a pattern or product development. They haven't created their tech pack. They haven't finalized stuff. So I can't give them a a cost because I need to know the weight of the fabric, like the GSM. I need to know if there's any washes. I need to know the fabric count, you know, because I do everything from the beginning. We don't have stock lying around because if you leave that stock, like fabric lying around, it loses it because it's the knits, especially they explain it, but it doesn't it shrinks and it just messes things up. It just can't sit basically like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the main questions are like, how much is it going to cost? And I really need to, well, do you have a tech pack? No, I'm like, okay, why don't you get a tech pack? And then I need to know the measurements to get, consumption and the other part of it is that i could sort of give you an idea at that point but it isn't finalized until you're working through um the counter sampling because they need to figure out what how much time is it going to take them to do it Mm -hmm. right and like the margins are really like for them they don't make much that's why they're looking for quantities and then the other problem is that people don't understand when you're working offshore like you need the quantity like what what do you think that they're going to make off of four dollars or five dollars a shirt not much, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yeah. they Themselves like running a factory is so expensive. The machinery is so expensive. Energy, paying the workers, like it's so much, and nobody wants to pay for certifications or like helping them out.
0: What What did you learn from, or what What are some of the questions that the manufacturers have, right? And, and like, what I guess what do they They probably want the same thing as. As the companies or the founders run, I mean they want a good partner too, right I mean they want they want to probably somebody who's gonna you know hold some same values that they have right they want they want to they want to date you too right like they don't want somebody that's going to be a bad client for them right so I guess we never sort of hear their side of things right and, and like what they look for and maybe what their processes are so give us a little insight on on what that side's like
1: yeah, they really want you to go there and meet them actually mm-hmm. like,
0: that's really yeah amazing. makes sense right
1: <laughs> yeah like they want to advocate they really advocate for that like oh you should come meet us they you know if they are ethical that that they will invite you you know and that's how you should be setting up a relationship and then doing a little bit of sampling work and just seeing like how you communicate and they want to know that you know what are you in it for the long haul Like, are you a, if you're a small person, like small company, they want to know that you're committed to this, that you can really get them volume. That's the main thing. And they want to know that you're reliable. Like I've had, I've talked to so many factories where they've gotten screwed by, you know, people who just leave them in the middle of production and just be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't pay. Like Hmm. I'm not talking, I'm talking of like close to like a million dollars. Wow. Yeah, like this is like even more like some of the factories that I've worked with because they work with like big volumes and then they end up getting screwed. And even if they open with a bank, a letter of credit, what they ask for um, just to see that, yeah, okay these guys are legit. They have money. Did you know that we as like businesses or bigger corporations can actually break that LC? Like we can Hmm. break that doesn't mean that they're going to get the money. So they get screwed so bad. And that's the only reason why, like when you go overseas, they're really hesitant. To be like, oh, like, what do you want to see? Like in the factory, like they're a little bit hesitant uh, uh, when you're just new to working with them because they don't know how you're going to see like how they really operate because uh, the way we operate here is different. Like for example, Mm -hmm. um, one of the a lot of the factories say that they work nine to five there, but that's a load of BS because that's not how we they they just do it because that's how we want them to work. But they don't like that. They start working at eleven till eight. You know, like, that's not how they work. Or you'll find sometimes people working on the floor. And then people here will be like, and then there are misconceptions like, oh, you're treating them so bad. You're not even letting them sit on the table, but they don't even understand that's a cultural thing. That's right. like sacred right. work on the floor. So there's like things like that. So they're actually very afraid of us. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And and think you're the actually the very first person that's ever asked me that, like, that's just so that's such a great question. Thank you so much.
0: I think what was so smart, what you did is you started the good tea, right? Which is, it's it sort of own like separate entity and company. But I think it was smart because you're sort of that bridge. You can be that bridge for everybody, right? Is that they could sort of, you know, go through you. Right. And I know we had, you know, talked about doing some some cause artists like apparel and stuff like that. It's like, well, I don't have the time to like go visit, right. Or like go, you know, and I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. So they need like this trusted, um, you know, person that has done the legwork, right? <laughs> and, and done all these different things to kind of be that advocate and be that bridge between the stuff they can't do. So was that the intention of the Good team? was to kind of like be a trusted source uh, for people who want to maybe dip their toe into, into, you know, doing wholesale, starting their own small brand and, and maybe not having you know, as big of, as big of, you know, startup capital or something to start this, this big sort of uh, clothing brand, but maybe to, to dip their toe in it. Was that the, the intention behind the Good Tea?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's totally the intention because I started it so that even designers, the right. back, the back neck label actually rips out so that you can actually snap mm. your own brand. And then I also have hang tags, where at the the front is left blank so you can stamp your own brand in so that's like a stepping stone for you to create you know your own prints and and designs so that is definitely initially why i started it and i definitely wanted to start To like restart the brand because I had closed it down for a bit because as I was going to India, I started learning about, um, I was actually reading little articles about farmers committing suicide and I like regret to say that I didn't, like I, I, you know, when you read something, you're like, whoa, that's scary, but then you kind of forget about it. But every time i was going there i'd read about like 100 200 farmers and then as i was writing the book i started like because it's a textbook i, I really wanted to validate everything i was saying and so as i was like researching what does fair trade really mean and mm-hmm. what is fair trade cotton there's a difference because fair trade cotton certifies right to the cotton level that people are being treated fairly so um basically as i was going to india i was reading that uh, like I was reading those articles. And then when I was doing the research, I saw some articles on BBC and I think it was The Guardian as well. I think I have it on the website, but they were saying that up to 300, almost 300,000 farmers have committed suicide since 2006.
0: When you read that or looked into it more, like, is it because of what? Just they, they, they don't have the business or like, were they, what was the, the insight that you got from that when you, when you read that or, or you learned about it?
1: Well, well, sorry, the, the amount sorry is actually since 1997 ninety-seven two hundred thousand. So that's oh. a, but yeah, when I read that I was like, oh my God, and like I said, that's so messed up. And I'm like, you know what's so crazy is I've been in the industry for what ten years at that point and I, I never knew where the farmer was. I was getting things uncertified. Mm-hmm you know, then that's the global organic textile standards just to know that it was organic, which is great, right? But I never knew like, are these people even being treated fairly? Like, are they okay? Like I've always wanted to see a cotton farm. And so that's kind of on my bucket list. And then I decided, I was like, this is so crazy. So I decided to relaunch uh, the good tea and get it fair trade cotton certified. So now I I know the whole complete supply chain right to the farmer, which you can see on my website. Right to my warehouse. Like, I'm really transparent about everything. And I wanted to really show people that, okay, this is how I believe that you can be like a responsible company. So I just do like what I personally know and I integrate that into the business. Like, how can I be transparent? What can I do for the environment? You know, and how can I like validate things as well? We got B Corp certified, um, I'm Fairtrade Cotton certified. I also use uh, Green Story, which you've also, I believe, yeah. integrated. Past, just to show the matrix of, of my environment mm-hmm. as well so i just wanted to create something that you know was fair trade cotton certified help you know brands as well
0: it's it's a really good point and i love the idea of talking a little bit about like you said fair trade certified versus fair trade cotton and there's all these different labels right it can be i think confusing to not only founders but also maybe consumers right on, on what is yeah. what is valid or, or what is like just kind of valid right like so take us through kind of and you mentioned it a little bit touched on a little bit but what I guess what is the difference right and, and do I guess do the farmers do do the facilities right do they care about it, right do they does that help them in a way right or does it hurt them in a way I don't know
1: well it is expensive to get fair trade certified I'll be honest with you I try I'm I work with one of these factories he's actually my mentor he's so amazing he does so much work for people overseas yeah. And I'm like, well, we should get you fair trade certified. It was like 10,000 US.
0: Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And yeah.
1: The jump. Yeah. It was like, it was so hard. And I was just like, how? I'm like, I can't afford it. Like, you can have, af- that's a big investment. Is that an know.
0: annual fee or is that just one time thing?
1: No, there is annual fees. I don't, I think it may be a little, it is a bit less, but it, to get set up, it's 10,000. Right. But yeah, it's really expensive.
0: Well, when you were talking with him, as far as, like, do they want even that, right? Do, does it help them to, to get that certification?
1: Yeah, it does. It gives them credibility for sure.
0: Okay, okay. It's,
1: like, it's just, like, another headache to them, though, to be honest with
0: right. you. Right, yeah,
1: yeah. Like, people have to keep keep coming in, and they're doing inspections, and they'll be like, oh, your fire hydrant, it should be at 12 inches. It's it's at 10 yeah. 10- now. And you're like, Oh my God, I just need you to get this stuff out, you know? And yeah. so it's like, I'm not saying it's bad and just saying that it is, it is good, but it's still like, sometimes the certifiers, like it's good. We're getting certified, but you also have to look at the certifying company and what are they certifying for? Because I don't want somebody going into to my factory and telling them to stop. Like, at least they have the fire hydrant there, you know, but they put a right. lot, of, you know what I mean? Like why you have to be like that guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like they do that kind of stuff and it's like that's like you're not helping them you know like yeah. they should go in there and like fix it themselves like, you yeah. pay too much for the certain like help them do that stuff
0: exactly exactly that's,
1: yeah so this is my opinion but yeah certifications are good but there's a lot of background noise too
0: so the fair the fair trade cotton certification then that is for the farmers right where the fair trade certifies for the facilities or, or manufacturers themselves is yeah. that
1: the whole supply chain so they go and we have inspections
0: that
1: go gotcha. to the whole supply chain but the point is that there's they're also going into the farmers to help them they form like collectives to help them with education because nobody goes to school to to be a farmer there like it's all passed down from generation to generation so they educate them they don't realize that you know this is a business and the reason why a lot of them are committing suicide is because they are going into crazy debt. People are ripping them off. Like the ginners will be like, no, no, give us this for like 10 cents when it's like worth a dollar. Like it, cotton is a, people don't realize it's a commodity. It's traded on the stocks. Just yep. like, like just like.
0: Corn or, yeah. yeah.
1: It does definitely help. Like a certain percentage goes to them.
0: Interesting. When, <laughs> I think when you go down a path like this, right? It, it's it's hard to, I, I guess it's hard to to not be sort of, frustrated in a way too right because you want i think everybody to care from the consumer to the companies themselves to the certifiers right there's there's this sort of almost a simple way where everybody can sort of come together and be like you know let's just do things better i was uh i was reading a, a story this was a, a while ago but how like like luxury like brands basically like burn their excess product right and i was like and I was just like blown away by that, right and it was just like there's such a facade right and fakeness around like a lot of brands right and a lot of ones that people really like and enjoy and it's uh you know it, if they really understand sort of what goes on um behind the scenes a little bit i, I really I, I really think people would think different so let's talk about the the certifications from from your point of view right and and we talked a little bit about the hassle that maybe a uh, a manufacturer um, deals with like with the fire hatred stuff, but like you as an e-commerce company, right? Or it's just like a, a front facing brand, you're not gonna have to deal with that part at least, right? But do you think from, you know, a brand's point of view, is the is the system pretty good now as far as like B Corp and you, are you fair trade certified because of the manufacturer, right? You don't have to go through this different, this whole different process because since you're using a fair trade certified company already, you know, obviously, you're kind of fair trade already, right? Is that sort of how it works? And and the B Corp, how is that process? Well, I know that could be a a long process as well.
1: Yeah, no, that process, the B Corp process started for me. Like, oh my god, it's so bad. Like almost four years ago, like doing source of my garbage Every time I started, I'd quit. Like it's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's, it's so good though. It's so much learning, but. Every time I was like, "Okay, I can't do it anymore." It's like it's so hard. And I decided that when I launched the good tea, I'm like, "You know what? If I'm going to launch this, I'm going to do it right." And I really like committed myself to the mm-hmm. and I came out like, "Oh my god, this is so great!" Like, you just <laughs> yeah, I just love their process and I learned so much actually. And it was good because you know I feel like I I learned so I know a lot about sustainability, but one part about their Piece which I completely love is about inclusivity, and I was like, I uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm inclusive. I'm brown. Like, obviously, I'm a minority. a little minority, obviously, but it doesn't even just dis- involve that. Like, it involves so much. Like, just even like access to, you know, being able to for people to afford your product. Like, what are you doing to help students? And I just thought it was so great. And you know, through that process, I. Uh, it just gave me so much awareness. And I actually am launching with the Good Tea campaign called the Good Gen, which supports um, senior inclusivity. Mm. And it really made me reflect on myself. I'm like, why don't I have, like, I have, you know, different cultures and races in my with my models, but why am I not being inclusive with age? Like I yeah. have I have basics for all, but why don't I have any images of seniors? I'm like, this mm. is and they have they they make up so much of a demographic, and I'm like, this is weird, and I' looked at other brands and I like, there's no other brands that are doing this either, and then I just started learning it through the pandemic about so many seniors who are being hurt and who are mm-hmm. like isolated, and like that is like a form of ter- torture isolation right
0: yeah yeah
1: so I really then I launched like I've been It'll launch in a few weeks but it's called like the good gen campaign and so i'm giving a certain percentage support support seniors but i guess full circle is like i don't think i would have had this awareness if i Mm. didn't corp certification so if there's anybody interested interested in it it's such a great process and they have like a preliminary one too so that you can set your business up like the foundation um the roots from the beginning
0: yeah Um, that's awesome
1: so, and then, yeah, Fairtrade Cotton, I kind of explained why I got that certification. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does help for sure. But I think it, the the, very, the most important thing, though, is your relationship with the factory. Sure, the certifications are great. People want to see it. At the end of the day, I have more people going through the factories and I'm building more awareness. But at the end of the day, it comes back to the relationship you have with your supplier.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: understanding your process of like how it's being made
0: i wanted to go back a little bit to to the book because i think it's such a a huge accomplishment you know i think uh it's a really really difficult thing to do and i think it's great because i think it's something that can live for a long time right as far as the book and because i think there's still so many so many people that want to learn about this right and and should read it and, and should be in in universities and design schools, right? I think there's there's courses that should be around this stuff and, and and your sort of book can be can be used as an entire course, right? So I think it's really important. I think it's a really important product that the industry sort of needs. When you were doing it, did you talk to big brands at all? Like did you talk to or, or were you kind of just like frustrated with them too much where you, you kind of didn't want to, you know, involve them at all or, or even you know research them or, or, or get them to to give you quotes or anything like that was was that something that that you went out your way to do to to talk with them and to to, to get insight from them at all
1: well to be honest with you I you know the whole Rana building collapse that it happened
0: yeah I remember that yeah yeah, yeah like- that was like a big moment for like me too I was just like that was almost like the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, right? It was just like, it was very frustrating.
1: Yeah, it was just so sad. And I thought, you know, there's some companies I don't want to name them, but I.
0: We should. I don't.
1: Mm. And I just feel like, you know what? I don't. It's all of them, it's not even just one.
0: And that's the point, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: They are. I interviewed with them. I'm like, wow, maybe I can go in there and I can say, like, I I pitched my piece about sustainability. I'm like, why don't we do that? And then, you know what they told me? They're like, you know what? Our customers don't care. We care about Mm. mine. I'm I'm like, she said it to my face. This was the VP. I don't remember the name of this company, but I was like, what? I was like, so like, whoa. I felt like, you know, when somebody like really, it just feels so like taken aback. Like, whoa, that's so harsh, right? Like, you don't Mm -hmm. even think people think like that I was like these people died and I was like oh my god and then I just from that point I, I realized too it took me actually a few years to realize what she had said to me that was so powerful people are like well who's responsible the brand or the consumer she freaking told me herself the customers don't care purchase for good like it's really the consumer's job if we just stop buying from these brands that you have no idea who the suppliers are like i'm not just talking about the factory the whole supply chain they don't know it then you mm-hmm. know don't buy from them because that's what's going to happen they won't we control that company you know and that's the only reason why h&m is trying to be more like sustainable and,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: we've like advocated for that so it's yeah it's the the companies they don't you have to understand their their purpose is it just for profit profit again, or do, are they uh, like care about social causes? Are they sustainable? Are they ethical? Like you have to see their values.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's tough because it kind of goes back to what you said before about cotton. A lot of these companies are publicly traded, right? So they are living quarter by quarter, right? By numbers and margins and yeah. they want stockholder value. That's what they live for. And it's, it's a very negative, it's a very, very difficult approach when you're trying to be better in your industry. Right. Because it takes investment to really become a a, a more conscious company. Right. It's like you need investors to say, "Okay, you know, let's invest in this. And and that's another thing. Investors need to step up and say we're not putting our money with these companies. Right. Consumers can do a lot. No doubt about it. Consumers can do a lot. But investors can also take their money out of these companies. Right. And, And that that would be a much more immediate shock to the system for them. You know, when your shareholders take their money out of your company, right? Like that is also something that I think needs to be, needs to be aware of, that the power that investors have um, in this whole process, when, when you can pay, you know, people, models and actresses and, and actors, millions and millions of dollars to do these commercials, right? And run millions, millions of dollars of campaigns and, and have tens of millions, a hundred million dollars, right? in marketing campaigns. But you can't make sure the facility where, your, where, your, where, your, where your, your people work, even if they're not your employees, which is also a problem. They should be. You know, if you're using a factory to produce your stuff, then you should, you should, be, you should be liable for them. Like, you should be, want to be able to, to have them speak volumes of your company. But, like, to not be able to make sure that the place that you're working is, like, secure and doesn't fall down and people, hundreds of people die. But you have enough money to pay... $2 million yeah. for some actor to, to do a stupid commercial. You know. know, like that's, that's something that we all, we all should care about. And we all should do our part and to like not buy from them or not buy stock in that company.
1: Like support, support small, support local, like smaller brands is where it's at. Like they, we have the most control of like creating and doing good. Like the bigger companies, they're on a freaking hamster wheel. They didn't even like the whole pandemic. I don't know if you read about them canceling like $2 billion worth of orders. And like, they're in the middle of production, most of these people. And they're like, sorry, we can't take the product anymore. And now Mm -hmm. they're stuck with all this goods. They can't pay their workers. They can't pay the the people who like in the whole that have worked on it previously before it got to the factory.
0: It's frustrating that the whole, the whole industry has been, um, and we're not even talking about the environmental aspect of it, of, of having massive amount of product being produced, right? Every spring, winter, summer, fall, right? It's such a, it, that whole part needs to change as well as the mass consumption of buying new stuff every single uh, season, right? It, it's, it, it's, it's just a, it's a bad, bad, bad rabbit hole to go down because it never ends and it's just, that's just another thing that hopefully technology can solve and getting innovative manufacturing solutions where the production of so much stuff <laughs> is not as detrimental to to our climate as it is right i mean it's really really it's really really detrimental to produce you know fast fashion on a massive scale it's just it just is you know so uh, hopefully there's there's some people i know there's some people working on that kind of stuff but that's also another aspect of all this that that hopefully can change
1: yeah it's just you have to buy less you have to buy you mm-hmm. know stick with natural fibers that are biodegradable because people don't realize the synthetics it's like wearing a plastic bag it's like it doesn't biodegrade it takes 200 years just like a bag so that's for what, what I
0: mean. like for for what like a, a piece of cloth to
1: yeah, so if you look at your labels, the fiber, like if it's polyester, acrylic, nylon, those are man-made fibers. So those are made from oil. Like it's a it's a plastic. It's like mm. Yeah, so it's like not good to wear that stuff. And I know there's people like, of course, we already have so much crap. We need to recycle it. But right, right. Try not to like, you know, start buying from people who are not doing that. So cause they just need to stop the vicious cycle.
0: So what would, what would you ask consumers to look for then when when buying stuff
1: um I would say shop less I know that sounds weird
0: sure no that's a that's an easy one but but when they do shop right like like with the dyes or, or the fabrics like what is what can they what can they look for on their tags right
1: oh on the tags so um I you know first of all I would say I would definitely suggest trying to stick with a smaller company but if they're looking at the tags for sure I would say yeah like the it would be mostly the fiber. You know, like, is it a natural fiber you want to look for? um And the thing is, is you want to look closely at the seams. Like, is it a secure seam? You don't want products that are falling apart. That's not sustainable. That's the whole business mm-hmm. model of fast fashion. How quickly can that product fall apart so that they need to rebuy? Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. but a sustainable company, responsible companies, creating like a really durable fabric, and like you can that isn't going to like cause tears and stuff um they have strong secure seams those are the kinds of like a good quality fabric and the way it's stitched will last longer so that's kind of what you look for and that unfortunately costs a bit more but that's where you go into the whole thing was like just buy less but buy well you know like buy good quality pieces
0: so usually i like to end a little bit on, on the future and um i know right now it's it's a it's a little crazy of course but are you are you sort of optimistic that you know more consumers will care you know more you know founders that come into the to the fashion industry will care you know that investors will start to care are you optimistic at all uh, about the future
1: 100% I'm like so like as much as the pandemic has been so you know sad there's so much good too and I, I feel like I, it's so amazing when I see on social media, people are like, oh, I'm going to support this small business. And like people are so, I think, so amazing right now. Like just being so adamant on supporting small. And I just feel like they they get it. And they're, we're taking the time to look at the brands and like understand them. Like it's not like, oh, I need $2 things on Amazon, you know? Like really quickly, I just need it tomorrow. They're, people are actually taking the time, which I just find so like, I'm so happy about that. So I'm optimistic.
0: Um, the last question I'll ask is, is kind of going back to, to the book a little bit. Have you spoken with universities and maybe even really specifically like design schools, any anywhere that is, you know, looking at what you've done and created um, and, and being, and have it be a learning tool like an in institution. like, I think that's just so important. Has there been any conversations at all?
1: I've had a, a few teachers in the United States. I, I'm in a, I think, I don't even know how many now, maybe about less than 20, like colleges and universities. Great. Um, they're in the libraries, which is good. I It's so hard. Like, I self published and yeah. I didn't realize, like, you really, <laughs> you really have to promote yourself. And I just, sure. you know, I started it and then I was like, I love the good tea too. And I just find it so it's so hard for me to promote everything, you know, so I feel like I need to get out there and really, you know, promote that more. But yeah, I think there's been a lot of interest and I've had a few teachers say like, you know what, this would make a great course. I would love love to do that one day. day.
0: Absolutely. Well, amazing. (laughs) Thanks so much for taking the time. I think it's uh I'm always, I'm, I've been fascinated for a while about what you've done so far. It's, I know it's really, really difficult to get this far. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm very, uh, you know, gracious that you took the time and keep being a leader and a force in, in the industry and, and keep just trying to to make people adopt to, to, your, to your methods, right? And to what you have built. And I hope more and more people will reach out and, and try to figure out a way to do things better, right? And, and I always say like, no change is too small, right? Like even if it's a little thing within your company that you can, that you can do, like that has a ripple effect that you would not believe, right? Uh, for positivity. So um, I appreciate you taking the time, and best of luck the rest of this year and next year, of course.
1: Thank you so much. Same to you as well.